and I don't care about any of y'all, I really do say that. Whenever we play the Panthers, I'm re-reciting not Scarface, from uh, Untouchables. I want his family dead. I want him dead. <laughs> oh, hey, hi, everyone. Welcome to the episode of Under the Dome, what we talk about off-air. Um, quote time, you know. Uh, yeah, we're talking about how we react we watch plays, plays and things history happen. And whether it's me punching a door, you know, after we lost the bear ship game back in 2006, or Bob here trying to set a Vikings helmet on fire, <laughs> you know, <laughs> after a certain game in January, uh, <clears throat> we all have our own routines of how we handle losses. Um <laughs> I'm broadcasting, especially when playing the Falcons. Uh, Panthers, to a lesser extent, just Cam Newton is the one that sets me off. Um, Tampa, not too much. 49ers, hell yeah. 49ers, yeah. I, you know, it's we can't beat that team enough, especially in the last man. They're hard to them. I mean, that's, that's how we have to beat Lowe. I got to beat them in the last seconds because of how many times they did that to us. You know, I want that team to feel like they got this game won, and then, oh, shit, how did we just lose this? That's my kind of, that's my kind of win when the 49ers. So yes. I, can, I can just go on a profane tirade and, you know, say, how does it feel? Anyway, I'm your host, Alan Ulrich. <laughs> I'm here with my laughing partner, uh, Sean Williams, and our special not so unregular guest, um, Bob uh, Bob Rose. How you doing tonight, Sean? How you doing tonight, Bob? I'm doing fantastic. And allow me, uh, this is my first opportunity since uh, since it happened. So I, I want to get the introductions correct. We've had former players on our show. We've had journalists. We've had beat writers. We've had super fans. But tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I can say honestly and sincerely that for the very first time on Under the Dome, we are welcoming in a guest that is a Hall of Famer, Mr. Bob Rose. Thank you for the introductions, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Uh, and yeah, to clarify, uh, for those of you that don't listen to my show on Wednesday nights, the Bayou Blitz, uh, I now said a few weeks ago. Uh, thank you. Um, but uh, two two Saturdays ago, uh, my West Allegheny girls track team, specifically the teams of 1996 and 1997, uh, were inducted into the school hall of fame, and we went in as a team. Uh, and I was uh, I was one of the primary coaches of that group, uh, specifically my area of expertise, sprints, hurdles and relays uh, and you know, girls uh, and other coaches. For those of you that are tuning in tonight, thank you so much again uh, for the honor. Uh, it was my privilege to coach you for all those years. And we truly were one of the dominant track teams in Pennsylvania, uh, even to this day. Uh, people still reference it throughout uh, throughout Pennsylvania track. So. Yeah, it was it was an honor, and the, those girls deserve every bit of the accolades that they uh, got that night. And through their their names are literally down in history now. Well, they didn't get there on their own, bro. Uh, congratulations! Anytime that anyone uh, chooses to see fit to attach HOF to uh, to your handle, that's significant. Uh, I, I don't care what it is, where it is, how it is. Uh, Anytime you get those letters attached to your resume, it means something. So uh, congratulations. And also congratulations on the successful launch of your very own brand, the Bayou Blitz. Uh, I've had the pleasure of being a, a, a guest on that show, and we had a great time. Uh, I really enjoyed hanging out with you guys and, and getting with you and Kyle. And it was uh, it was like – uh, well, we we go on Tuesday nights, y'all go on Wednesday nights. It, it was like we just kind of pressed pause on our show and started it again, uh, and let Alan have the evening off. It, you know, it, it was uh, it was a great time. 
and uh, I understand that uh, you uh, you have a guest to announce for tomorrow night as well, don't you? Yeah, I do. Uh, and Alan, we're not going to give you Wednesday nights off for long because I want to have you on uh, a few times as well and hopefully uh, do a couple projects between the two of our shows together. Um, but uh, tomorrow night's guest on the Bayou Blitz is uh, Scott Alexander of Primetime Sports. Uh, I've followed his work for a long, long time. Uh, he really knows his stuff, uh, both throughout Saints history and the current team. And I'm really looking forward to picking his brain about this current squad and some of the things that he's experienced in the past. Uh, so tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern time, uh, 8 p.m. Central. Um, yeah, definitely tune in. We're trying to make this one big family. Yeah, you know, Scott and I went to uh, Dallas Al together. So uh, <clears throat> he's a couple years older than me. He was a junior when I was starting out at Dallas Al. So, yeah, but uh, I do know him. <laughs> um, Scott was our very first guest. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Came and to Scott, us live from the Greenbrier. Yeah, he uh, he is he is a, a heck of a journalist. He's a heck of a he sports really uh, sports announcer. He his show Primetime Sports is good. He gets great guests. Yeah, informed good stuff on college football Saturday with Tim Brando. So, uh, it, it's uh, he he lives. I don't want to say a charm life because that's not accurate. Uh, but he lives he lives a good life, uh, a fortunate life, and I'm I'm glad to know him, and I'm glad he shares that with us. Um, okay, so we're now in the second week of OTAs. Um, <clears throat> we're getting ever closer. Close to the season today, I think marks a hundred days before. And through both the schedule and we talk a little bit about the OTAs and what goes on there, um, Bob. If you look at this part of the schedule coming up, this is scheduled to me um, this October. And uh, you play the Rams, you play the Eagles, and you play the Falcons. All three teams that teams, but one's a defending Super Bowl champion. Teams that you probably will have to beat, I shouldn't say probably, will have to beat, if you want any hope of getting that first second seed. How do you see in the Bob? I'm sorry, Alan. You broke up on me. I didn't. I didn't hear the question. You oh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I don't know quite what's going on today. My question is: at this point of the schedule now. Going through the first uh, on Thanksgiving night, I said it's probably the toughest part of the schedule. How do you see this part playing out? Well, first and foremost, like you uh, like you mentioned, uh, they're coming into uh, week nine uh, at this point of the schedule that we're talking about. So they've had, they would have had eight games under their belt. Uh, four of those, as we know, will be without Mark Ingram. Uh, and you guys talked ad nauseum the previous couple of weeks, uh, as we have uh, amongst ourselves too, about what the team needs to do during those first four games without Mark. Uh, and really that first chunk of the schedule, um, with eight games under their belt coming into this Rams game, they've got to be six and two, five and three uh, to have a realistic shot at, uh, at not only the division, uh, mm -hmm. but certainly setting hopes beyond that. Uh, the Rams is uh, the Rams game is that is one of the games that everybody had circled on their calendars. Uh, it's a rematch from last year and a very tight contest out in Los Angeles. Uh, now this one will be in New Orleans. Uh, but the uh, the Saints will be coming off a road trip against a, a road rematch against the Vikings the previous week. And like you mentioned, Alan, they're coming into the arguably, almost unarguably, the toughest part of their schedule uh, you know, with the Rams. And then they follow that with the Bengals. But that's on the road up north in November uh, and then coming back home to play the Eagles 
and the Falcons. Those four games, I think if they come out of their you know, if they come into the, that Rams game six and two, five and three, and they come out of that four game gauntlet, say three and one, um, I think they're I think they're looking good because like you mentioned, they all the top teams in the NFC they basically all play each other. Uh, you know, the, the Vikings, the Saints, the Rams, the Eagles. They're pretty much everybody's top grouping for the top contenders in the NFC uh, for the trip to the Super Bowl. So you have to have at least a number two, in my opinion also, you have to have at least a number two seed going into the playoffs. And to do that, these head-to-head matchups are of vital importance. Uh, and Sean knows this. You know, Sean and the, and the coaching staff, they know this too. And they talk about this kind of thing, you know, amongst the rest of the coaching staff and certainly to the veterans on the team. They talk about this kind of thing in the offseason uh, because, as we know, guys, they prepare for every single opponent all offseason as well. Uh, they start to implement certain game plans and things like that. Uh, and that, you know, as we know, guys, the Rams in particular have been an extremely busy team this offseason. Uh, they've added a who's who list of all-stars uh, or former pro bowlers onto their roster. Uh, and then the Eagles, as we know also, they're defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, they made a run through the playoffs last year. That Even coming into the playoffs as the number one seed, I don't think a lot of us expected them to roll through like they did. Uh, and then the Falcons. You could throw all statistics out the window when you're talking about Atlanta. Uh, I mean, we could talk about where Atlanta ranked last year offensively, where it ran, Atlanta ranked last year defensively, what they've gained, what they've lost in the all uh, off season. Uh, maybe bring up a few 28 to three reminders too. Uh, but the point is, this is Fal- this is Falcon Saints. Um, so you know that that game is going to be tough. Prime time on Thanksgiving evening. Uh, the, the lights don't get much brighter than that. And that's the final of the four game, uh, you know, four game stretch. And I think even coming into that game, we'll have a pretty good feel whether these New Orleans, this particular uh, version of the New Orleans Saints is a legitimate contender for the Super Bowl. Well, Alan and uh, Bob, let me ask you all this. Uh, looking over this quarter of the schedule when I was making out the, the, uh, the outline today, uh, I'm sitting there looking at it and I'm um, one of the the talking points for uh for this quarter of the schedule was um which game is going to be the um the best ma- biggest matchup and then the, uh also which one is going to be the uh the more important uh now a lot of people are going to look at that and say well that's the same question but I, I don't believe that it is. Um, between, I, I obviously I think that it's going to come down to either the the Eagles or the Falcons in in this particular stretch. Uh, the Rams are going to be tough, uh, but by this this point in the season, uh, our game with the Rams being the first week after the halfway point, I believe. Uh, you're going to have a feel for what exactly they're bringing to the table. Um, and I'll be scared of the Rams when they make me scared of them. Yeah. And on top of that, the last time that the Rams came to the Superdome, it didn't turn out too well. Uh, all that being said, you know, this is a new year, and, and I'll make light of it, but uh, at, in, in the circles that we communicate and we talk in, uh, it's no big secret that the kind, yes, they've been stockpiling talent and I'm speaking about the Rams. They've been stockpiling talent this entire off season, but you've got to look at the, the, uh, mm, I, <laughs> I've, I've got to think of a, uh, a less abrasive term than the one that I had. Uh, you, you look at the quality, uh, and the character, or excuse me, the character quality of the talent that they've been stacking. And you're, in my opinion, uh, you're looking at a mushroom cloud waiting, <laughs> waiting to be set off. Uh, now, they very easily could run roughshod over the entire NFC 
and win the Super Bowl going away, but I doubt that very seriously. Any team that has uh, Indomitian Sue, uh, Marcus – was it Marcus Peters? Yeah. Aqib Tlaib. Uh, wait a minute. Was it – who? which – they got Aqib Tlaib from the, the Broncos, correct? Yes. I need to verify my notes from now on. Uh, but but you look at these these players; they're they're highly controversial. They're and I, I hate the term outspoken. I don't have a problem with a player using the voice that they have when it gets to the point in time that it interferes with the job of playing professional football, that's when I have a problem with it. And that's all I'm going to say about that because this is not a political program and I refuse to allow it to digress into such. We're not going to get into the politics and the whole uh, – I'll go ahead and say it now. We, You will not watch Under the Dome and see the national anthem thing that's – unfolding before you will not see that addressed on this program unless i'm not here uh, and uh I'll, I'll just leave that at that uh that's not what we're about uh yes it affects our team but there's no point in us adding fuel to the fire and uh creating a controversy where there is not one so, uh, I, I get questions all the time on why don't you guys ever? Well, no, there's no. If you put yourselves in the place of, and I'm gonna uh, step out on a limb here and assume that I speak for Bob in context of the Bayou Blitz and Alan and myself here, there's no way for us to win because, regardless of what we say, regardless of what we do. We're going to piss off or alienate one side or the other. And that that serves no purpose for us. We don't benefit from that one single bit, and neither do you, our target audience. And we're, we're just not going to uh, – we're not going to go down that road. There's too many other things that we can talk about on this show, um, like how bad the Falcons suck. We can, go, we can do a two-hour special on, <laughs> on that. Uh, but anyway, I, I don't think that the Rams are going to be nearly the uh, the powerhouse that what the rest of the world is uh, professing them to be sight unseen at this point. Um, the Bengals are oh my lord! They're the Bengals are the new are the new Browns. Uh, <laughs> that, that's yeah. the, only, uh, the Bengals. Um, if I had to point at a, and Kevo Meredith, a uh, local guy here that I hope to have on with us sometime soon. Uh, he's a, he's a diehard Bengals fan. God love you, Kevo. But, uh, the moment that they let Andrew Whitworth go to Los Angeles, they began the rebuilding mode. I, I sincerely believe that. And it's it's gone downhill, and uh, I don't see the Bengals being a threat unless we allow them to be. Of course, that game is on the road. That's the only game of that four-game stretch that's on the road. Uh, now, the last two, fortunately, both are at home. But unfortunately, they're both in a four- to five-day spread there. You got one on Sunday and one on Thursday. On Sunday, you def- you face the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, on Thursday night football, Thanksgiving night, uh, you face the biggest rival that you have, the biggest blood feud that there is, uh, the only team in, in the National Football League where you would kill their the other team's uh, offspring if you thought it would help the cause some. Um and, and as Alan alluded to in the, in the opening, I want them dead. I want their families dead. I want their dogs dead. Uh, I, I'm just, oh, God, I've just alienated the entire audience now. 
that's a joke. Uh, I hope you guys realize that. Uh, but to me, I, I, I've, I've rambled on and on here, but uh, to me, I think that the most important and the most significant are two entirely different things. You have to take advantage of an opportunity to beat Atlanta, your biggest rival. You have to take advantage of that opportunity in your hometown. You've got to, you've got to do that. Uh, but you know, the Super Bowl champions, you get, you get them in your house. You <clears> want to <throat> take that win too. I, I think that the most significant uh, matchup is going to be the Falcons because chances are, as we saw a year ago, chances are better than not that with the caliber of competition in the NFC South at this point, the likelihood of meeting up with an NFC, another NFC South team in the playoffs is greater than uh, what division rivals in other divisions have to worry about. Well, here, here's my, here's my take. You know, we were talking about um, various, the various parts of the schedule and Bob, alluded to it um, about the fact that we're coming off right for play of the Rams. We're coming off of a, uh, a a very tough physical game, no doubt, in against the Vikings. Taking into account the Vikings, which I believe is a Sunday night game. Um, you you play the Vikings. No, that is that a Monday night or a Sunday night? I don't have my calendar in front of me. No, the Monday uh, night is going to be the Redskins. Okay, so that's Sunday night. Hang on, let me pull the schedule up, Alan. Uh, give give me one second here. I, I think Monday. you guys are right, though. I think Washington is the only Monday night game on New Orleans schedule. To my knowledge, yeah, uh, the only Monday night game is going to be versus the Redskins, which we're going to here too after refer to as Reunion Week. I think it um, is. Um, Play the Vikings in a very tough physical game on Sunday Night Football. You play the Rams Monday at 3.30 at least, but you play the Rams. Here's the thing about the Rams. This is what players who are me first player now at team at one team. What happened is this week nine, so they're four and three, or I'm sorry, five and three, or um. Four and four, or something. Did we lose him? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Could you? Am I the only one having a hard time hearing him? No, our our signal is awful tonight, and I don't really know why. Um, we'll let him come back uh, okay. momentarily. Well, um, um, and to, you know, to, to jump back on kind of what uh, what Alan was talking about and what you had alluded to before, um, and you know, hey, and we've talked about it, I think, on here before. Uh, the Rams, the Rams are taking the strategy of the the quote unquote dream team that the Philadelphia Eagles tried the other uh, couple years ago, or what Dan Snyder has tried a couple of times in Washington, uh, just signing all stars and you know and making making an all Madden team uh, that didn't work out very well for them, and even more so for the Rams. Look at what they've lost. Look at the personalities that have left that locker room. Uh, that made up the backbone of that team that did so well last year. You lost Robert Quinn. You lost Alec Ogletree. 
Uh, you la lost uh, Kayvon Webster, a very talented slot cornerback. You lost Tremaine Johnson. Now, on paper, they have replaced those guys with the likes of, uh, of Sue and Marcus Peters and people like that. And, you know, A, with the Rams, I don't know who the hell is going to play linebacker for them um, because they've gotten rid of all the big names and they, you know, they made some nice draft picks uh, there on day late in day two and day three. But you can't count on the mid-round, as we know in New Orleans, you can't count on the mid-round draft choices to contribute until they actually do. And I think by the time that New Orleans gets L.A. on the schedule, uh, these egos in the Rams locker room right now, if things don't go well for them, that's about the point in the season where they're really going to fall apart uh, and look like trash the rest of the season. <clears throat> Are we counting on that? No, of course not, because I, you know, you can't discount what the Rams did last year. You still have to put them on the short list of Super Bowl contenders for the year. Uh, but, you know, all three of us have been pretty close to consensus agreement as far as we don't like what the Rams did this offseason. Uh, you know, you talked about the Bengals. Bengals still have a talented roster, uh, but the problem with Cincinnati has always been there's nothing, there's nothing in between their rib cage and there's nothing in between their ears, and that's why they lose, uh, you know, lose games the way uh, the way that they do. Uh, it's almost amusing. My own brother, you know, one of my younger brothers, is a big fan of Cincinnati as well, uh, and you just you have to feel kind of bad for them every year. Um, no, you so, don't. You know, again, do you chalk that up as a sure win? Absolutely not. Because, because A, it's an NFL game. B, you're coming, you know, you're a dome team coming up north in November. Uh, the weather gets kind of iffy uh, by, the, by that time in the season. So you still have to play the game on your schedule. Uh, and then the next two, Sean, I, and I agree with you, uh, the marquee matchup throughout the league is probably going to be that Philadelphia game. The most important, I think, is the Atlanta game because the division, you know, all of us know that the you have to win the divisional games first to position yourself. Uh, I don't see any reason why the NFC South won't send three teams to the playoffs again this year. So having that top spot out of your own division is going to be absolutely key. Uh, but look at look at what Philadelphia did this offseason, too. Uh, they, they lost some key pieces out of the secondary, uh, and they're expecting some of the younger guys uh, that they have. It didn't make a major contribution last year, but are certainly talented. Uh, you know, they're counting on those guys. Uh, it, it, it's a bit of a wild card, uh, but Philly, just like with LA, you have to you have to put Philly on the short list of Super Bowl contenders, as sure. you do Atlanta. Uh, as you do Atlanta, do I think the Saints can come out of this stretch three and one? I do, uh, but it's gonna it's gonna take a toll on them, and they're gonna have to be playing their best football coming into this stretch. Yeah, you know, one of the things I was going to say, too, is the two critical games here is that Eagles-Falcons games back-to-back -back like that because you would have played the Falcons already during the Ingram suspension in the first yeah. part of the season. So the rematch is happening four days after you play the defending Super Bowl champion. And those two games could be the difference between being a wild-card team and – being division winner very you know, easily so it's, it's a it's this is a critical 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 part you still have yet to play the panthers i think we play the panthers two times um, you play the panthers twice yeah. in the last three weeks of the season i think yes uh december 17th yeah. and december tw uh so, 30th oh so, i mean <clears throat> lose to the Falcons in the first part of the season and then you play in uh, you know Thanksgiving night and you're coming off a loss to the Eagles that's a I mean that's a huge game especially if Atlanta is a divisional leader at that point and we're not even talking about the Panthers yet who might be right on your heels uh, or could be tied with you if let's just assume for the sake of argument that Atlanta is now, I mean, it, it's just, I hate the fact that we playing the Eagles on Sunday and then turning around and playing Atlanta, even though we are home, but playing Atlanta Thursday night, that's just, that's, that's, that's a tough, tough. That's basically you're, you're putting in two game plans at the same time. 
Yep. And yeah. that that's never going to be easy. Now, you do have the benefit, and you are fortunate <clears throat> enough that both of those games are going to be home games. You don't have to worry about the logistics of traveling, of <clears throat> all of that. But, you know, you still got to get out there and play the game. And um, yeah. asking <coughs> – Asking to uh, to beat the defending Super Bowl champion and compete with your uh, your biggest rival uh, games that actually uh, they 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 drew blood last year, uh, <laughs> literally and figuratively in those two uh, matchups with the Falcons. Not nearly enough from the uh, the guys that wore the red jerseys, but you know there's always next time for that. Um, I think that as important as it would be to hang that mantle on your fireplace to have a win over the defending Super Bowl champions, I believe what, uh, what Bob said is absolutely correct. You're, you're looking at the very distinct and real possibility that these are two teams that you're going to have to not only beat to advance into the playoffs, but also teams that you're going to have to face once you get to the playoffs as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, by the way, Alan, uh, that Minnesota game is a Sunday night game. Yeah. As much. I checked on the calendar and it's a nationally televised game against the Vikings. Then you've got the Rams dream team couched in there is Cincinnati. Then you play the Super Bowl champions, uh, in New Orleans, and then you go on Thanksgiving night to play the Falcons. That's a that's a murder strip uh, stretch, and then <clears throat> you still have to play the Panthers twice in the last part of the season. And the Panthers, you know, I, a lot of us always say, "Yeah, Tampa, yeah, Tampa," but I, I, I'm worried as much about Tampa as I am Carolina and uh, Atlanta because those are two teams that you face in the playoffs. Uh, those are two teams that you you play in your division, and you cannot go any worse than four and two, and and still expect to win. Expect to win the NFC South. You have to go four and two or five and one. Absolutely. Uh, and don't, um, let me forget either how physical. Uh, I mean, you, we've all mentioned the quick turnaround between Philadelphia and to Atlanta. And I agree with you, Sean, we're not going to have to worry about the saints being motivated or up to play the Falcons, even on such a short turnaround, uh, given the history between the two teams, that that's not even a factor. What is a factor is Philadelphia is also an extremely physical team. Uh, yeah. The, the Rams a couple of weeks before that, the Rams, not so much. So don't get me wrong. The Rams are extremely talented. Uh, but Minnesota and, and Philadelphia both play perhaps uh, the most physical brand of football in the NFC. And now you're going to have to play a Philadelphia team that is not only skilled, but is going to beat you up, too, uh, or at least knows that they have to beat you up to win. Uh, so you're coming off a very physical game into a five, you know, into a five day turnaround, less than five days. Uh, before you are going to face your most fit, bitter rival, and Sean, you called it a blood feud. There, you can't describe it any better than that. Uh, so that those two weeks, even if they come come out of it two and all, they're going to take a physical toll on these Saints too. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> switching gears a little bit. Okay, so we we have we're now into uh, the second week of OTAs. Uh, Thursday, once again, uh, it will be the first day that they actually get to, the media gets to see what the Saints have done this week in OTAs. Uh, I heard Cam Jordan on uh, the radio on my way way home from work, and basically, you know, they're doing classroom work, and then they do some workouts, and then they come out and kind of run through whatever it is they, they installed that day. In rookie minicamp, uh, it seemed to be everybody was following JT Barrett, and then he was the quarterback of the future, and then OTA started, and the one day the media got to watch, Hill actually made some plays out there, and we didn't hear anything about JT Barrett. 
So that begs the question, who is going to be the backup quarterback to Drew Brees this year? Is it going to be uh, Hill? Is it going to be Barrett? Or is it going to be Tom Savage? Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Bob? <laughs> Bob? Um, without the game show sound effects, I'll echo exactly what uh, what Sean was saying. Um, I, Damn Hill, it. I, I needed a bell. Why couldn't I have a bell for this? <laughs> Hill and JT Barrett both intrigued me, uh, especially Barrett. Uh, I'm not a being a Penn State guy from a Penn State family. I don't like Ohio State, uh, but you have to respect the hell out of them on the football field. Uh, and certainly what that program has given to the New Orleans Saints in, the, uh, in recent seasons as well. Uh, and JT Barrett, he's a gamer and he has he's an underrated passer, in my opinion. Uh, he's going to have to clean up a lot of his mechanics in the pros, uh, but hopefully he'll be given and he'll be afforded the time to do that. Uh, Taysom Hill. God, I mean, you, you you have to you have to love his athletic ability. You have to love his toughness. Uh, but I watch and I watch the uh, watch some film on the guy at BYU, especially over the last few weeks. He only his style of play. I'm going to say one word: Tebow. Tim Tebow, <laughs> it, right down to the release point, the way he runs, he's faster than what Tim was. Um, but I mean, just the overall style of play, it, it just, it doesn't say NFL quarterback to me. I'm sorry. He has an elongated release. Uh, he's sloppy in his mechanics. Now he's had a year with, uh, he's had a year, you know, with Sean Payton. So I'm sure that some of those got cleaned up. I didn't say, I'll be honest. I didn't see any film of his, uh, of his throws at OTAs. So I, my guess is that it would be cleaned up, but guys, if you think that they're going to go into this season, with basically a rookie in Hill or a or a true rookie in Barrett backing up your Hall of Fame quarterback with this roster, then I have some beautiful desert land down in New Orleans to sell you because it's just <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh, the the smart money based off of these three is Tom Savage because he has he does have NFL starts. Uh, he is capable enough to if he had to play say two, three games in a row, he might win you one or two uh, based off of the talent around him. Uh, is he the future? Oh, God, no. Please, no. But uh, <laughs> unless, unless they sign another guy off of the street, uh, as far as, you know, with veteran starting experience, uh, if I was forced to place a bet on who is going to be the number two quarterback, at least to start the season, it's going to be Tom Savage. Now, Unless either Hill or Barrett completely flops through the preseason, my guess is Sean's going to find a way uh, to try to keep both of them. Uh, you know, rostering one as a third quarterback, and maybe the other one comes down with one of these famous ankle injuries in, uh, in, in preseason to land him on injured reserve for the year, something like that. Because they both have some intriguing athletic abilities uh, and traits that I think could give them a realistic shot at an NFL future but it won't be as number two for the New Orleans Saints this year. If you want to yeah. figure out who is going to be the backup quarterback to Drew Brees, I'll give you three letters to figure it out. E-X-P. Experience. You're not going to take a rookie yeah. straight off the pine. You're not going to take a kickoff and punt sh kick shagger to throw it back there with Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, uh, Michael Thomas, uh, Ted Gind. No, come on, guys. You, you know, it amazes me the, the way that some fans, they wake up and their brain is kind of like an Etch-A-Sketch. When they go from here to here, it erases. Come on. You guys have to think about this. You've got to think about the fact that Experience at this level means everything. Tom Savage was not signed to just hold down a roster spot until we can cut him for the two hot <laughs> names on the lit. No, come on, give me a break. Uh, as Bob said, uh, Barrett will be probably thrown down in that third position. 
Taysom Hill is going to be held over as, if nothing else, a special teams contributor because that's now his fallback whether he likes it or not. But if Taysom Hill was the future of this franchise, and I, every time I hear somebody even vaguely reference that, I want to punch Troy Aikman in his horse face. He is not – if he was the future, do you honestly – come on, think – do you honestly think that Sean Payton would have him shagging kicks? Think about it. Come on. Here's the thing. I mean, this is going to be a discussion we're going to be having all throughout training camp. In a preseason game, when you see Taysom Hill take the ball down and just take off <laughs> Because he's against scrubs in a preseason game, everyone's going to be like, look, there we go. Look, he can run with the ball. We can run the read option. We're going to be awesome. Him and Kamara in the same backfield. You know, defenses can't cover <laughs> And because Drew makes it look so easy with his consistency, Lose him again. Defense is with his eye. It doesn't happen that way. It, it just doesn't. Um, Anybody that I, thinks that one of these kids is going to jump from obscurity, I, I give you a point of reference that all of you should be able to to wrap your itty-bitty minds around. Look back a year ago at who led the Saints in sacks. Uh, Bueller. Bueller. Oh, you want an answer? I'm sorry. I was at just guessing. Andrew <laughs> <laughs> Muhammad. Yes. Led the team in sacks in the preseason. He was leading the the team in sacks against guys that were going to a week later, we're going to be saying, yeah. do you want fries with that? No, just, just no, man. Tom Savage is going to be the clipboard guy. Uh, and as we all know from uh, years of experience, the best backup quarterback in the world is the one that you never see have to play. Well, you know, now I have absolutely nothing against JT Barrett. Mm-hmm. And I will say this, and, and I've both I've said this to both of you guys off camera, but I'll go on record as saying this. If it came right down to a choice, I would choose JT Barrett over I would over quicker, excuse me, than I would Lamar Jackson from Louisville because of yeah. his athleticism. Well, you know, here, here's again, here's the thing: these are both projects. And this roster right now is ready to make that championship run. So, yeah, we're going to keep an experienced backup uh, behind him, and it'll be Savage. If it's not Savage, it's going to be some veteran quarterback who got released. Yep. Okay? It's going to be somebody experienced behind him because you're worried about having somebody who can come in and step right And the objects at national teams, and I can see them keeping him as the third string quarterback and having him once again be the gunner or be some sort of special teams guy. Um, because it, it, he just puts a dynamic out there, okay? They might even, hell, they might even use him as a holder just to do that whole fake field goal, fake extra point, dump the pass off. You know, you got a quarterback out there. Something something they can do. I mean, I, I saw Westhoff is thinking about coming back to the Saints this year, the special teams uh, guru, 
Mike Westhoff, who uh, was with us last year. And uh, what kind that of surgery great. did he have? It does not say. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm guessing it's not as. Yes, probably his nigs or something. Uh, I was suspected something like that. I just didn't see anything on that. But he's yeah, kind of the like special teams. Him. Yeah, he. He's- He's like a fifteen hundred years old or something, isn't he? Oh, he looks like he's been on a six day bender and just doesn't give it a, a f- <laughs> <laughs> you know okay. with you, Bob. I think that JT will probably come down with some mysterious leg injury and get stashed on if they worry about him getting picked up. If they're not yeah. worried about him getting picked up. He'll get released and end up in the practice squad, and they'll probably use him on the scout team or something like that. They want to work with these guys and see what they can get out of him. The last point was the future. That, and that could totally change because you've got – now while Breeze is still there. They don't win because you have to get a rookie quarterback. They want to be able to see that seamless transfer from Breeze to the next quarterback and the offense doesn't skip a beat. We're still in the championship role. We're still in a mode of we can win perennial playoff team that can just keep on going. And that's why you see so many people you know, jumping on Team Barrett. Jumping on there. You get, we got to get that next guy. All right. Did I freeze? Am, am I still broadcasting? You can still hear me? I can hear you now. Uh, We we caught the tail end of that. Um, Oh, great. (laughs) I I want to apologize to to everyone. We're having some major issues with our signal tonight for some unknown reason. And Uh, I've been checking it the whole time, too. Facebook locked him out, didn't they? You figure they'd do that to me? I've been working on it the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) We called Bob the John F. Kennedy of Facebook because they have assassinated him several times. Oh, man. Um, that was tasteless. Yes, it was. See, yes, it was. Have you ever opened your mouth and immediately seen that uh, that old commercial from like the 80s and 90s? This is your brain on drugs, and mm-hmm. yeah, I live my life that way. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, with that, I don't even know where to go with that. All right. You know, I, I uh, think we better leave the linebackers alone for. Tonight. I think so. Um, so, Bob, tell everybody how they can follow you on Facebook and on if you're still on Facebook after this after this show. <laughs> he was he was till he came on with us. Yeah. Now, well, <laughs> the Facebook police have called in coordinates. There are four of me on Facebook. Uh, there's only Wait one. Minute, I've only movie. got two. What, what the hell? The other, the other ones have been completely obliterated. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything about the Avengers, <laughs> but if, uh, <laughs> if if you have seen Avengers: Infinity War, I was Avengered, two of me. Uh, but I can be found on Facebook. I am an active member, as active as I can be, in uh, uh, a number of the different Saints groups. Uh, but I can be found under Bob Rose, uh, Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Bobby R twenty six thirteen, uh, or you can follow my work on the Canal Street Chronicle site, which is at Saint CSC. 
Uh, we also post links on how to tune into uh, the Bayou Blitz, uh, which again will be every Wednesday night, uh, barring uh, barring Facebook assassination, of course. Uh, so there's it. It's hard to miss me. I seem to be a little bit of me is scattered everywhere. Um, but I do thank everybody, uh, everybody that follows me and uh, interacts with me. Uh, you know, it's it, truthfully, it's, it's fun to talk Saints football and joke around. Oh, man. It, it, <laughs> it, it's, uh, man, I wish I knew what the hell was going on today because I've played with everything to try and get the signal better. And it can't well, be before we, before Facebook completely bumps them off. Uh, as I told you the night that I was on with you, man, uh, I can't tell you just exactly how proud I am of you. Uh, I, I'm a creative writer, but uh, the words escape me. Uh, you, you, I, I kind of, I hope I'm not taking too much for granted or, or taking too many liberties, but it, it kind of felt like you started with us and mm-hmm. to see everything that you've done and everything that you've accomplished uh to to feel like you know we played a, a minor role in any of that it it uh it overwhelms me and it's very humbling and thank you so much for uh for representing us the way that you have guys it's my it's my pleasure uh alan i don't know if you caught uh sean's appearance on uh the blitz a couple weeks ago uh but he he officially inducted me as a member of the of the southern mafia uh there you go uh, it you get you guys are a very small group of yeah the people that have really springboarded what i've been able to accomplish so far uh and we i say i and i don't i feel i feel bad in saying that because it's not accurate it's a we thing uh it truly is uh the bayou blitz is an extension of under the dome uh, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, you guys talk about my work here. I talk about your work on there. Uh, I try to reference it uh, in my articles. And, you, you know, you guys, what what you mean, not only not only to Saints Nation, uh, but what you mean to me and my family's life. You guys are family. And I thank you for that. Well, thank you, Bob, for joining us. And, and uh, of course, this is the night my wife advertises our show so everybody gets to see the worst i think as far as how the show normally comes across it usually goes along seamlessly and yeah. today we just keep frozen and it freezing and everything else so this um, has been a flashback to six months ago man I, oh this is like and it's fitting because we didn't close the anniversary of our of our uh <laughs> first broadcast so we're, we're going back in time yeah. You know, my damn CompuServe dial-up connection here, you know, just is not cutting it today. <laughs> and you figure it would go, it'd go real well because nobody else is on CompuServe. You know, <laughs> or Prodigy. Hey, Thank you. You made again, reference Bob, to Bob it. Uh, we want to invite, while we've had everybody uh, moderately tuned in, uh, when the, when the mm-hmm. signal unfreezes and they can actually see the, the rest of the, the message, um, July. We want to let everyone know July seventeenth at their two-year and Can you believe that we have done over a hundred shows, man? Sometimes I can. Sometimes I can't. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can believe it. You know, it's like I still okay, don't know. Okay, I'm going to issue a challenge. I will publicly acknowledge anyone that can point out to me of the hundred plus shows that we've done, not including Bob, because Bob will do it just to embarrass me. Anyone out over the the span of our existence from July 20th of 16. Was it 16 or 17? 16. Yeah. July 20th of 2016. How many of our shows finished in the one hour time limit? Now, that doesn't include the two shows per year that we have that are expanded format two hour shows, the preseason and the redraft show. 
I will publicly acknowledge anyone that can point out to me how many of them have ended in the one-hour time slot. I think our first one might have. Maybe. First off, how many is 8 o'clock? Huh? I said, first off, you have to go to how many of them actually started at 8 o'clock. That's the other thing uh, you have to take into consideration. Again, most of on, I, I think the first one might have. We're like TBS, man. We got to start five minutes later, get everybody time to get their drinks and get in their seats. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm usually, <laughs> I, I'm usually driving like speed racer trying to get home from work so I can come home, <laughs> inhale my food, and get on this thing before, you know. Because I usually walk in the door from work, you know, between 6 and 6.15 or 6.30 every day, you know, so that that gives me just enough time to get food together and, and go. But, oh, my God, man. We we have uh, a question it, uh, on our, our live chat for Bob Rose. While he's here, I, I figured we might ought to give it to him. It said, uh, our, our man Jerry, our security officer of the live chat, he said uh, – Bob Rose, did you accept the play-by-play announcer job for the Saints games on radio? I have not been offered. I, I have not been offered. Um, I would like to announce my candidacy at this point because nobody, I, I will run as an independent. Uh, followers of the YouTube broadcast of Under the Dome and the Saints podcast of Bayou Blitz, please cast your votes uh, to – New Orleans Saints headquarters immediately and often. There, you can vote more than once. Uh, I recommend you call them once an hour uh, until I get the job. <laughs> and and if we don't get season passes, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, boy, Thank we just well, it, it just went off the rails quick tonight, didn't it? No, it, it, well, it, the whole show tonight was just one of those <laughs> one of those nights where the dial-up connection just was not good enough tonight. <laughs> I mean, uh, tin, two pieces of string and two tin cans, uh, one going to Pennsylvania, one going to North Louisiana, probably would have been a lot better for the podcast tonight. Um, boy, you ever used to do that as a kid, you know, try and make that work. You know, I used to watch yeah. this show Zoom. Okay, on PBS. And yeah, you yes. know, they had this string, you know, it was like your grandmother's knitting yarn. No, no, no. Between you, two, you, have you to know, orange. Fishing line. Fishing line. I realized that. The, I realized the, the sound much better. The problem does not show well on television. It's a piece of yarn because you could actually see that or like jump rope. You know, rope between two <laughs> big old cans, and they were like, you know, pretend like they can actually hear each other. And of course, it was a dub sound. Yeah, he had his fishing line later on because that's how the sound would actually travel. But oh yeah, any, anybody tried- that watched Zoom is probably the only people that are aware of where Morgan Freeman's acting career began. Ooh, that's right. Actually, it wasn't Zoom; it was Electric Company. That's that's my where point. he came from. Yeah, I said anybody yeah, that watched Zoom probably uh, knows. Yes, because it, I don't know about in River Ridge, but in in Hooterville, uh, electric in Hooterville, right before Zoom. You you were with uh, you were watching uh, Zoom with Wilbur the pig. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, well, that was uh, that was the only ever, on. On even days like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, Bob, do you have any idea what the hell we're talking about? You know, <laughs> or any of those shows, guys. I would love to say I have no idea what the hell you're talking about, but I'd be a bold <laughs> be a bold <laughs> choice for me. Um, well, very, Street, you will know what the hell Electric we're Company, about. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and then Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those were PBS educational shows back yeah. then. And then, of course, Hooterville. <laughs> That's all shows way before most people's time, unless you were born in the 60s. You know, and most of those shows are before your time. 
I I want to publicly thank uh, Santoria Black for inviting me to be on the Sports Beat last night with him on our local ninety seven point seven Sports Talk Radio show. Uh, and you know, I, I said I bet I'm the first guest that you've ever had on here live from Crowville, Louisiana. And he said, uh, "Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe bet." <laughs> Well, Bob froze again, which is about part tonight. Uh, again, we all apologize about how this show came out. It, you know, we're gonna go feed the hamster, so he runs the wheel a little bit faster, yeah. So we get much better signal. Yeah, Bob just dropped out completely. Uh, thank him again for being on. Uh, show tonight. You know, I'm hearing my ballroom blitz. You know, don't you? Oh, am I freezing again? Am I freezing again? Uh, Are you freezing or am I freezing? Fine. (laughs) So let's end this. Let's end this night while we still can. Thank you guys for putting up with us tonight. I promise it will be better next time. If I personally have to go down to AT&T and improve, need, get a booster for the signal. We need to, need to break, out so the bad tonight. break out the bullwhip on them slaves that are rowing downstairs. I, I've been showing four and five bars all night. So I don't know why this show has been so struggling so badly. I, I know he's either. been telling me it's been fine, but obviously it isn't. So yeah. thank you we'll, guys for joining us. We'll see you next time in Under the Dome. Good night, everybody. Thank y'all. We love you.